Okay. All right, episode three. Hello, world. Here we are. Hi. Hey. How you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, what are you drinking? I am drinking a um, four point, four point Kolsch. Hmm. Nice. That seems yeah. fancy. Yeah. Um, I like it because it only has like four percent alcohol or something. Nice. Well, I'm drinking a. Uh, I'm drinking this wine that I found on the floor, in the warehouse, and it seemed free because it was like a four pack of mini wines that's been next to the freight elevator for like a couple weeks. I figure if anybody was planning on selling it, it probably wouldn't be on the floor next to the freight elevator for right. like two weeks. So yeah, it's a it's a little tiny bottle of wine. <laughs> it's called Sea Glass, and it's a Central Coast Pinot Grigio from 2018, and it had a price sticker on it for three sixty nine plus tax. <laughs> Delicious. Nice. How does it taste? It's it's pretty good. I'm not very good at distinguishing between wines, but it's not making me want to barf. So that's a good. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a <laughs> so we just finished I just finished doing a tarot reading for our young friend Bob the Butcher yes and that was exciting he's a young man trying to figure out what it means to be a man how to grow into <laughs> his manhood but he's also started collecting crystals a few months ago this is a good news from Star Grocery. Yeah. Talk about Bob and his crystals. Oh no! <laughs> I blew it. <sighs> Whatever. Nobody heard that. Okay. So this is a good like pandemic. I feel like everybody through the pandemic kind of had their own trajectory, right? Like different people experienced the last year in different ways and sort of absorbed the shock and dealt with the loneliness and stress in their own ways. Bob is a young man who came to us seeming to be kind of a concert, a slightly more conservative type, shall we say like a khaki wearing type? Yeah, definitely wore khaki and had a briefcase. There you go. Too. Yes. Job. Yeah, which is and also, when he first started working at the grocery store, he doesn't work at the grocery store anymore, he works at the meat counter, which is in the grocery store, but it's a separate business. But he used to work at the grocery store, and when he first started, he refused to take a break. <laughs> he refused to take a break because his thinking was that he wasn't being paid to eat lunch. Was being paid to work, goddammit. And yeah, it just had to be explained to him like, in fact, you are being paid to eat lunch <laughs> for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> so go eat your lunch because that's what you're being paid to do. Yeah. He's come a long way. And do you want to talk about what he, like, his collection? How he's his blossomed? collection of crystals. Um, yeah, he, like, got a motorcycle. Yeah, 
collection is very beautiful and growing all the time mm -hmm. it's always adding new for the tarot reading we had this very beautiful like rose quartz sphere on the table <laughs> and um one thing that's really cool about his crystal collection is that it now occupies part of the butcher shop's counter yeah <laughs> It's pretty much the only butcher shop you would ever go into that has like crystal a bunch of crystals, like obscure, various obscure and beautiful crystals on little pedestals and stuff, like <laughs> inhabiting one whole part of the meat counter. Yeah. <laughs> and they were back there when the sausage maker broke. Yeah, that's why he brought them back initially. The sausage maker broke, so he brought a bunch of crystals and then another, to heal it. Yeah, and another employee brought a bunch of like items. Like for example, brought um, a picture of John Travolta in Saturday Night Live. Sorry, Fever. Sorry, okay. Saturday like, Night Fever Live. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm a little bit stoned right now and tired. I like woke up in a really bad mood today, but like, I mean, I'm it's turning around, so my brain's a little mush. Apologies. Oh no. But um, yeah, I bought a Saturday Night Fever <laughs> poster, and then also um, Village People. Oh yeah, the Village People poster, and was like all of these different. It's like an altar yeah, on top of the, the broken sausage maker. <laughs> yeah, it was a very hilarious. Um, and then there's that string of felt balls that kind of looks mm -hmm. like anal beads. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very gay altar <laughs> on top of the broken sausage maker to um, yeah, try to heal it. Yeah. <laughs> and now sausages are. Sausages are back. They're back in business. Yeah. So I think the altar might have worked. I think they just, somebody just came and I'm sure, it. yeah, I know. Definitely. <laughs> the altar ward a After person to. Sarah, Sarah left for a few weeks to have a baby, and while she was gone, there was just this <laughs> altar of like kitsch on top of the broken sausage maker. And then Sarah came in one day, like with her newborn, and was like, what the fuck? Oh, the, really? Nobody told me the fucking sausage maker was a fixed yet. And then she, oh, no. And then she got somebody to actually fix it. That's what happened. It was like weeks without sausage. <laughs> and, and like Nick was here. Like her business partner was here the whole time and just was like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I also want to say like Nick, um, the co-owner of the meat counter today, told me his middle name. Uh -huh. And it's amazing. What is it? Amadeo. Oh, okay. His name is Nicholas Amadeo Di Giuseppe. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, dude, why isn't there a sandwich named after you? Because all the sandwiches are named 
like after the name and the middle name of people who used to work at the butcher shop originally or whatever. So there's like Michael Henry and the um, the Brian Allen. And I was like, dude, how come there isn't a Nikki Amadeo? Like that's the best name. And he was like, I was like, you gotta have a sandwich. And he was like, yeah, I used to have a sandwich. It was called the New Jersey Greaser. <laughs> Like you're wasting such a good middle name, Amadeo. <laughs> really? Anyway, it's hilarious because he's just such a like sweetie weirdo like hothead you know, guy, and he has this truly epic middle name that nobody but him and, and Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart have as a middle name. <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool. So, what else is going on in the grocery world? Hmm. We get depression on a pallet tomorrow. Depression on a pallet comes tomorrow. It's depression on a pallet week. Yes, true. Um, what are we going to get? We're not getting Uncle Ben's because I told Cindy. Make sure you guys don't order more Uncle Ben's. <laughs> and she said, I know, I told Nick, don't get more Uncle Ben's. Okay, good. So she relayed the message to. Yeah, so I think we're not getting it. I think we're not getting Karen. And then she told me this long story about, like, because we had talked about how only the guy with the old dog. Mm-hmm. Got the rice, but then Cindy went into how they originally always had to have Uncle Ben's because apparently, like the Greeks use it a lot. Oh, there's some Greek dish that, like the Greek Orthodox Church, would have these big feasts and stuff. Uh-huh. And I guess Nick's mom would always cook this huge thing, Greek rice thing with Uncle Ben's rice and she was like, we need to have the Uncle Ben's rice because that's the only one you can use for this dish and stuff. And I was just like, what did they use in Greece? Right. You didn't have Uncle Ben's rice in Greece. What did you use? Yeah, there's always an alternative. (laughs) Like every time I have some, like, you know, I'm missing an item in a recipe. Like I always just hit up Google and put yeah alternative for this or right. and like granted like you know Nick's like old Greek mom didn't have Google but oh, like right. but right. also you're an old Greek lady and you definitely know how to make a traditional Greek rice thing without Uncle Ben's rice. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you don't actually need that. <laughs> so that was pretty goofy. Cindy was like, well, the Greeks use it and this and that. And I was like, honestly, dude, like the Greeks don't really come in here anymore. <laughs> like the last time the Greeks was in here, the Greeks was one Greek and it's Dimitri. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen any other Greeks. So we definitely don't need to be. I mean, I know this place used to be all Greeks. That's something that we haven't actually talked about. Like this store originally was started by our boss's parents who were Greek immigrants in the 1920s and for like many decades everyone who worked here was related to them uh-huh it was just like greek family bits like i think cindy might have been like one of the first like non family members greek family members oh, to even work here back in the 70s and then 
end, there was only Dimitri. <laughs> Dimitri was the last one standing, and like oh, Nick's, Nick's mother famously, apparently Nick's mother always used to say about Dimitri, like, like, oh, you know, we have to give Dimitri a job. Where else could he work? He's, you know, Dimitri, he's not very smart. Oh my god. <laughs> We're only laughing at him because he's actually kind of evil. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he deserves some what, I guess. Yeah, he's from another time. Definitely. He's the only person who's ever, with a straight face, given me a reading recommendation, and the reading recommendation was The Protocols of the Elders in Zion. Like I've never had anybody I remember that you were pregnant and I remember I came into work and you had I came in for like the mid shift or something or no I think it was closing and you'd opened with him and your face was like fiery red you were so pissed and then you were like I'm going home because this person just fucking said this to me yeah, he was like, you just don't understand. The Jews run everything. You need to read this book. Then you'll understand. And then he's, he's like, also 90. Yeah, he's 90. Yeah. But he said, like, the funniest thing that he said, and now in retrospect, this is funny to me, the funniest thing that Dimitri, the 90-year-old Greek man, said about the Protocols of the Elders of Zion oh was, God. he's like, you need to read this book. He's like, it's it's very hard to find a copy of it. I don't know why. Oh my god. And I was like, well, because it's an anti-Semitic forgery that was like that Hitler regularly cited as part of his um, reasoning for why he needed to murder the Jews of Europe. Oh my god. <laughs> That's why it's hard to find. You know, you can't make shit like this up like that encounter with like you know like i don't know you can't make that shit up like it sounds very wild like oh i have this co-worker he's 90. no and then our other telling me to read this fucking crazy like anti-semitic forgery that was like hitler's favorite thing to quote from when he was justifying his genocide Oh and I've God. got this old Greek man in a grocery store in California telling me that if I would just read it, I would understand what's really going on. Oh, my God. And then, of course, we've got our, you know, we have a coworker who's Jewish who would always be, like, stuck up front working with him. And he would always call him, um, what did we call him? Oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting this now. Well, he called him BB. He, yeah, he used to call him that, and then he used to call him... It was like Jew in some language. The where is the? I I'm not okay. I'm probably butchering this word. It was like I don't even want to say it. Like I feel no. It's okay. We're quoting Dimitri. Okay, so he would call him. Started. It was like E. It started with an E or something. I can't remember. Anyway, Ibreo. Oh, Ibreo. We called him Ibreo, which means Jew. And he would call him even worse. He would call him Bibi, as in like Bibi Netanyahu. Oh my God. Yeah, so. <laughs> and then the pandemic happened. And, and one of the great gifts of the pandemic is that our 90 year old, like, 
freak, freak of a Greek. No yeah. had to go the fuck home. He never learned my name. He used to just call me woman. That's a good one. He also refused, refused to touch feminine product, like any kind of feminine product. Back when Dimitri used to stock things in the store, he refused to stock tampons because he was like, I mean, I am a man. I cannot yeah. touch. Oh no. I cannot touch, <laughs> I cannot touch these things. We only work like one or two days a week for like four hours or something. It's kind of an experience though. Yeah. Really, wow. Really. And he was, yeah, he was the holdover from that like old world Greek staff. Staff. Yeah. Like, who knows what it was like. I mean, and there, of course, there's just like epic. And, and Nick is his own kind. There's tons of stories about his parents and stuff, too. Pretty wild. Greek legacy. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, what else is going on? Did Master P ever oh, reply to your DM? I hit Master P in the DMs. <laughs> I heard fucking nothing back. Which does can't really surprise me. I'm sure he's got better things to do <laughs> than tell me how to fucking get his shit in the Yeah, um, so I'm still waiting. Still waiting for that to clarify. I definitely went home and watched um with video ice cream man. So many like Lexuses in that in that video, you know. It's just like Master P and like every all of his friends, and it's like the same Lexus. It's like a cream color. That's classy, dude. I mean, I think it is. I think it is too. And then like I don't know. I notice cars, I guess, when they're on the road. And like since watching that video, I've seen like five. Of that same exact car from that video or something. And like, oh my god. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, it's really funny. funny. Yeah, we should dish about cars and shit a little bit. <laughs> Wanna talk about your favorite kinds of cars? Um oh, I don't really have a favorite car. I mean I just like really like kind of cars are kind of a sensitive subject. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I guess like the last car I had which kind of just fell into my lap or whatever, was a 2017 Mini Clubman S all-wheel drive thing. I don't know. It's not really like a dream car per se, but like I liked that car. I'm like, wow, this is the nicest car I've ever had. And I got fucking totaled six months after getting it, which is fine. Just means I get to go and car shop again one day eventually, probably gonna wait a little bit, but um, yeah, I really, I don't know. I watch a lot of car YouTube videos when yeah. I'm winding down at night. Um, yeah, and really fucking interesting. I mean, there are a lot of like video, like, I don't know, I've come to learn like all these different like car communities that exist like, in the YouTube world, like. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> our communities. Well, the 
hell? Like people who do like overlanding, you know? Okay, so like overlanding is like driving off road, road. and yeah, like people make like, I don't know, most of them are like Jeep owners or uh-huh. they'll have like a forerunner or something, but for the most part, like it's all Jeep people. Um, I don't think I would ever have a Jeep just because I don't think it's the most practical thing and it's not really a reliable car. I mean, you don't really get that to be like your daily driver. It's like mm-hmm. if you're some off-roader. If I decide that I want to be like an overlander person and I just have all this money to throw away, like maybe I'll get one. But I think that it's a little more practical to have a car that I can actually like just, you know, safely drive on the road. I also don't have very good luck with like accidents and shit. So yeah. I don't know. Um, what were you I was trying to remember, what were you watching on YouTube before you got into the car? Are you watching like Oh, I was going through this or something. Yeah, um, I don't know. Sometimes I go through random bouts of depression, and then like I get hooked on watching really random shit. Um, I don't know how I fell down this rabbit hole, but one day I fell down a rabbit hole of just like, like I don't know. It started off like I was just watching. I would put on like an ocean background while I was studying. And then it turned into, I'm just going to play this like two hour video of a boat slowly capsizing while I study. And then I started watching a whole bunch of footage of like cruise ships. This is also before like the pandemic yeah. hit. So, um, you know, and I remember I fell down this rabbit hole of like researching cruise ships and stuff. I've, I've never been on a cruise. You know, and like the more I began researching about them, the more like grossed out I sort of became with them. Well, also keep in mind the part that cruises played in the early pandemic and how disgusting yeah. it was. If I ever thought I might want to go on a cruise before, now I really don't. For sure. That shit was gnarly. Yeah. And like, dude, like there was some. I found like footage of like people riding on some cruise ship. Like I think it was like I don't know, maybe some Norwegian cruise line, and they were in like fifty foot waves or something. Like they're they're just like riding through these like oceans, or I don't know where the hell they are exactly, but like that ocean did not look like a nice place to be cruising around. And I'm like, why the fuck do people do this shit for fun? You know, like you can hear all. I don't, anyway, yeah. um. Yeah, it was gross. And then I remember there was like an episode of um, that show. Oh my God, I can't remember the name of the show. It's like hosted by Hassan Minhaj. He does an episode, he did an episode on cruise ships around the same time I was going down my random rabbit hole slash like research. I don't know. It was just like my thing to like distract myself from school. It's like, let me watch boats. So was there actually a cruise ship that sank? Like a video of a cruise um, ship? There was, I know there was, oh man, it was like a couple of years ago now, but I remember there was one, I forget the name of it, it like, didn't all the way sink, but it definitely like halfway did and was oh. just sort of like, I don't know what you call it, like, 
turned over on its side somewhere along oh, the yeah. Mediterranean. I can't remember if it was Dude, like Spain so or Italy. Yeah. And um, there was another one that just like sank in the middle of the fucking ocean, but like nobody died. I can't remember. It happened in like the nineties, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going on a cruise. I fell down like the rabbit hole. I definitely watched a lot of like Titanic YouTube videos too. I don't know why I had an obsession with like the story of the Titanic as a child. Maybe the fact that the movie came out when I was seven years old kind of led to that. But did you see it in the theater? No, I saw it on VHS at my grandma's house. Huh. What's that like? Um, Did you watch really it with, funny. With your like she was like cooking and like doing stuff around the house, and then I remember the sex scene came on, and I was oh, just yeah, like, steamy. "Oh no, I better not look," because you know my dad is like, my dad, my parents were so like not, I don't know how do I put this, um, like I wasn't allowed to like watch stuff that had that kind of thing. They were very like, is the word reserved? I don't know. Fruits. Fruits, very much so. I've never even seen the kiss. Yeah. So I just remember thinking, like, oh shit. And like, my grandma came in and she was just cracking up at us really? because the sex scene was on TV. Uh-huh. And they were like, oh no, we're not supposed to see this. But yeah, she was just laughing at us. Um, yeah. <laughs> YouTube is a. I was really into shipwrecks when I was a kid, also. Uh-huh. I remember, like, we had some National Geographic magazines, and there was one that just all had pictures of like shipwreck, like undersea. They went down, did the undersea photography thing, and uh-huh. swam through a bunch of sunken Spanish galleons or something, and took tons of pictures. Oh wow! And I was such a creepy kid that I would always just like pass over all the other <laughs> National Geographic's that were about like elephants and and cool stuff like that and just go straight to the like people who sank to their watery grave and like <laughs> here's their like oh my God. bathroom mirror that's still there like uh-huh. you know I was just totally completely drawn to tragedy <laughs> I was too and I really don't understand why but like not so much like the movie Titanic, like documentaries about the real life event was like, I remember being obsessed with that. Like I had, I had books on it. I would watch like, I remember PBS had like some four hour long documentary. I watched the whole damn thing. I'm like eight years old. So this is part of, <laughs> this is part of why I kind of believe in reincarnation. Uh-huh. Because if you have been a child, is drawn to really dark shit. I feel like there's something. It's hard for me to explain that, other than to say that you're not new here. Mm-hmm. You have some other memories. There's something else mm-hmm. that's part of who you are. That makes you feel an affinity with things that are like when I was like seven or something, I was writing this poetry. I was basically channeling poetry and it was very dark and it was all about death and it was wow, like far beyond what the capacity of a seven-year-old should have been in terms of vocabulary and stuff like that. And I remember my mom like picking up something that I had written and 
reading it and going, where did you copy this from? Uh -huh. Like, what book did you copy this from? I was like, I didn't copy it from anywhere. I just wrote it down. It just came to me. I wrote it down. I had a whole bunch of poems like this that were just like all about death and they were very dark when I was a little kid. I'm oh, not wow. even making this up, like this is true. Uh-huh. They were written in marker. Like I still remember like purple, like the marker that smells like grape. Like that's uh -huh. what I like, wrote it in. Uh-huh. You know? And I've never been able to understand or explain that. Do you still have it? No, I mean like my mom sold that house and uh -huh. got rid of yeah, unfortunately, like I don't think any of that stuff survived, but but it definitely makes me think of like yeah, I just don't know how to explain that other than to say that I was here before. Like mm -hmm. this is not my first time around. Yeah, there was something else going on. Either that, or I was like channeling something. I was channeling something else, which seems entirely possible because I remember writing those poems and uh -huh. not thinking while I was writing them. Just writing. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. I think you have a reincarnation story. I think I do too. We are running out of time. Oh shit, okay. Segment. Stay tuned. Coming up in one second, Jeanette's reincarnation story. <laughs> okay. Time for Jeanette's stories. Stories with Jeanette. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so my re, what I think must be some weird reincarnation story was when I was three years old, my mother who, my mother is from Cuba, my dad is from India, and then because of where I grew up, um, I don't know, everyone sort of, well, when I was like in elementary school, everyone assumed I was Mexican because I knew Spanish and, oh, like, they would be like, you just look Mexican or something. I don't know. But anyway, this is not where this story I would tell came from. Um, so when I was three, my mom tells it like, I don't know, I just walked up to her one day and like told her, like, oh, I came here from Mexico with my mom. Like, I came over with my mom from Mexico and she was like no you didn't like you were born here and then told me the story of like where she and my dad came from and I was like no 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 I came from Mexico with my mom and yeah it was like three and um where do you think you got that from I have no idea like I don't even remember this really but, um, yeah, like the reincarnation of a child who died in the desert trying to. No idea. I have no idea. But, um, yeah, I used to say that. There's like other stuff that she said I would just pop up and say that didn't really make sense. Like, I'd be like, oh, I was scared, so I left. And she'd be like, where did you leave? Yeah. <laughs> like, you've been right here this whole time. I don't know, but I was scared, so I just left. It's like my reincarnation story is actually pretty short. 
I mean, it's just like an unexplained, like, where did I get that from? How did I even know what Mexico was as a three-year-old, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm just waiting for the, like, the day that my daughter says something super creepy and out of pocket. Yeah. <laughs> if she doesn't, I'll feel disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, tell me your backstory. Come on. Yeah. Um, then you could also wait, you know, few decades and like my husband's and you could go to a past life <laughs> regression person who will tell you that you're the reincarnation or you somehow together arrive at the conclusion that you used to be a knight named Darth. Yeah, she told me about that too. She's like, I was a knight in my past life. Sir Garth. <laughs> it's like, I can't remember who it is, but there's some stand-up comic who did a bit about how everybody who does past life regression discovers that they were like Cleopatra in a past life, or they were like, you know, I'm the reincarnation of Frederick Douglass, or like I was a I was this pirate captain who sailed the seven seas or some shit. It's like the reality is like basically everybody for all of human history was a fucking peasant. So like Probably, if you used to be somebody a couple hundred years ago, you were a peasant. <laughs> you were not, like, some special royal somebody. Like, you were some regular-ass peasant. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so that's kind of how you know that, like, past life regression is a scam. Because right. they'll always play along with your, like, delusional fantasy that you were somebody important. Like, right. if it was a real thing, they'd be like, yeah, like, you were somewhere in the middle of whatever continent, just, like, doing subsistence farming and having... You lived to be 24. <laughs> you lived to be 24. You lived to be 24. And you're, in your brief four. 24 years, you had way more children than you wanted to because there was no fucking contraception. <laughs> and then you died of what is now a totally curable disease. Like, you died of, like, a common cold after <laughs> spending your entire life just, like, subsistence farming and having children. Yeah, like, if they really oh told the God. truth, like, we should start, like, a, a, like, we tell you the truth past life regression business where we actually right. just... Like, give me your 23 and me results. Yeah. And then I'll tell you. On, I'll tell you which continent you were a peasant on. <laughs> right. And then based on, um, you know, the way that you're, what is the word? Like, I don't know. Like, shit goes. Like, the way your ancestors, like, yeah, lived yeah. through the world and how you yeah. ended up here. Immigration. Like, I will tell you yeah. what your life probably looks yeah, and it's really just basically going to be the same. For well, then again, would your past life really be related to your actual, like your current ancestors? You know? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe you were a peasant on some totally other continent that none of your ancestors came from. <laughs> right. I don't know why I went down that route. That actually doesn't make any sense. But speaking of twenty-three and me, my mother-in-law. Oh, yesterday. oh yeah. Was <laughs> telling me can you about tell your mother-in-law. Um, I'm not. Really. I'm not. No, okay. I just won't. But she, um, like she's quirk. I'll just say she's got her quirks, right? She's so like quirky. she was like talking. Don't we all? We all, yeah. 
Um, she called me yesterday and um, she was talking to me about her dogs and then she was telling me that maybe I should consider getting like a dog DNA test for mine. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. No. And then, yeah, it was like an hour conversation of, I mean, I said maybe four sentences, but um, yeah, she talked to me about she get dog DNA tests for her dogs? Um, I, at least for one. I'm not sure. She did. She has three Pomeranians. She all rescued. They came from a rescue somewhere in North Texas. And um, she, <laughs> um, she has three. Okay, she rescued them. They were, like, I think they're, yeah, they're all like senior Pomeranians. And she got a doggy DNA test for at least one of them through the rescue group. Okay, can I just say something about dog DNA? Yes. So I've spent like a decent part of the past couple weeks just like slowly going crazy, reading everything that I can find to read about what's going on in Yemen, uh-huh. which has been an ongoing, there's been an ongoing war and some level of famine and all kinds of like internal and international political fuckery going on in and around Yemen. There's a Saudi blockade, US-backed Saudi blockade of Yemen, which is making it impossible for anything to in and out of the ports there. Um, eight, more than 80% of the people in Yemen rely on international food aid to survive. And there's been all kinds of disruptions, especially in the northern part of Yemen, but in all of the country, really, there's been disruptions to food aid. And now the Saudi blockade is basically stopping fuel from getting into the country. So oh even the God. food aid that does get into the country can't get anywhere can't make it far. There's no way for them to get it from the port to where people live. So there's like a full-blown famine going on. Um, there, there's a, there was a CNN crew that basically snuck in to the country. They don't want journalists, obviously, any international press to come in and document what's happening. And the CNN crew it was just like one reporter and like camera and sound. I think it was like a three-person crew. They basically got in like a dinghy, oh my God. like somewhere else, you know, in the Mediterranean or somewhere, and navigated through a Saudi blockade. Oh my God! And like a small boat with an outboard motor, in order to get into the country to shoot this footage for this story. And they went in and basically just got this, like, gut-wrenching footage of babies and little kids and everybody else, too. But, like, in particular, like, most children in Yemen are severely malnourished right now. Uh And, like, a lot of people are dying of starvation. Mm -hmm. And there was, like, a $2 billion shortfall in the, I think it was the UN aid budget that solicits donations from all the member countries to address humanitarian crises. Like, there was, like, a $2 billion budget shortfall. Basically, there isn't enough 
money being thrown at the problem or enough political influence to move the blockade and get some fuel in and get the food aid back into the country and get the medical aid into the country to help all these people and all these children specifically who are starving. And people are spending money to get their fucking dog's DNA tested to find out like what fucking dog breeds are yeah, in their the person are like in invented their that. Like I love situation. freedom and shit, but when I hear stuff like that, I want to go to the home of every person who pays money to get their dog's DNA tested instead of giving it to international fucking relief efforts to take care of people who are fucking dying. I mean, Yemen's only one example of places all over the world, all over this fucking country, that human fucking beings, like little children, babies, are fucking starving. And people will take their hundred dollars and fucking buy a DNA kit for their fucking dog. As if your dog gives a shit <laughs> what fucking breeds it's made up of. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I had to just like go off on that for a minute. No, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the worst part is it's like it's a lot of nice people like a lot of very good very nice caring people no yeah who just don't really have the thinking i mean yeah like the same person that i was talking about like didn't ask me how my day was you know so yeah. it's like i just i'm not saying i'm making excuses for it it's just that i have this awareness that not everyone is aware of how they sound or you know it's like tone deafness i guess when yeah you just want to be like just fucking pull off the blinders and like open up the lens a little bit like make your picture of the world a little bit bigger and take into consideration something outside of this very narrow frame that you choose to look at like you choose yeah. to block out all this other stuff, you know. And like especially when you're when you're somebody who has a lot of resources and you make your world so small, what you end up doing is you end up depriving the world and people who need it of resources. I don't know. You know, it's very frustrating. And your dog doesn't give a shit. Like your dog yeah. doesn't fucking care. Like what are you gonna do? Like get the DNA test back and be like Come here, Fido. Let right. me tell you all I mean, about your. Let me like tell really you about your hair. She was like saying, um, <laughs> she was pretty much saying like, oh, you know, the rescue gave us like a deal, and so we did it, and like it'd be yeah. interesting if you. I did know. It. I don't mean. Or I should know like for sure. Um, like I don't think that people who do this are bad people, right. or that they're like intentionally doing something shitty. It just is when you're me and you're like you get all the way down into like the black hole of suffering in the world every fucking day like and that's all you can think about like it's it things look different when you like deliberately put yourself in the middle of that information every day things look very different totally no totally um and like i'm kind yeah. of killing myself to be fair like i'm sort of just like like i'm not it doesn't really serve any function like other than me giving a bunch of money to the international wrestling committee and you know to a bunch of nonprofits that are trying to do something or whatever like 
doesn't really accomplish anything for me to be so fucking deep in the most terrible of terrible news every day. I just can't stop right. myself. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, these are definitely, like, things I think about. Well, like, just like any person who talks about, like, random, unnecessary luxuries in general. Um, when there is hell shit going on, like, you know, around the world, like, you know, very close to where we are, you know, um, yeah, or just even, and like, I don't know, people who are oblivious to that can even be just as oblivious to like how the feelings of like other people in their own like vicinity, you know, or like that they're close to might even so I think that it kind of comes down to um, or like a person's not willingness, but yeah, just like their level of like altogether awareness. And I feel like life experience and depending on where you come from or the kind of background you come from really kind of sets the tone for like how aware you are Um, it is definitely super disheartening and like frustrating as fuck to be in the face of that or have to deal with people like that, you know, um, all the time. But like, it makes me understand why like the Bolsheviks seized everything and were just like, hey, dude. You are living in this huge building with like 17 bedrooms and you're only, it's only you and your wife. Like we're taking this shit mm-hmm. and we're going to house like 25 families. Yeah. You don't own this. Like, I mean, I know that that's obviously controversial, especially like, you know, if your Cuban relatives were here, they'd probably be like fucking punching me right now for saying um, that. Like, well, they were poor, but... Um, yeah, it's like, but I know a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people who left Cuba were, and a lot of the Cuban exile community in like Miami and stuff are still like furious about Fidel Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, my family property. was a very unique situation. I feel it's like they didn't really have anything, and um, I, yeah, it's just complicated, and I feel like I don't want. I will say that I do have tons and tons of endless conversations. I don't give a shit about my relatives that are in Florida. Like, I wrote them off a long time ago. They don't fuck with me because I'm mixed. So I don't really fuck with them, right? But, like, I think it's important to make sure that my mother doesn't, you know, that's my parent, right? Just because, I mean, I don't consider, well, yeah, she's like um, mostly white Cuban, right? Um, I feel that, yeah, like there are tons of conversations that I have had to have with her that were difficult because, well, first of all, you know, she was a child when she came. So her only memory is like memories of. The way that she describes it, like her experience there was like not having anything to eat. 
and she had a single mother, you know, and like, yeah, it's a really complicated thing. Yeah. Okay. I guess yeah. I don't really know where I'm going with this, but she wasn't. Yeah, they she wasn't not, one of the families that like no, was wealthy and had land and not at all. It was more just like the the poverty and hardship that was caused by the whole process of the revolution and the revolution. Yes, and that's what her memory is. Yeah, she was a child, you know. So, and um, she almost didn't survive her childhood, you know. Like, right. um, and so yeah, I think it's like. Like in a lot of ways, I mean, I don't know enough about it, but in a lot of ways, like it seems like a lot of the suffering that Cubans experienced after the revolution, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, but it seems like a lot of it came from the um, the embargo and the sort of like backlash. Yeah, like the isolation of Cuba. As opposed to like oh, the revolution itself. Yeah, um, I'm not, yeah, 100%. I mean, so like, I'm the, not gonna the inability to get food into the island and stuff like that. Right, yeah, yeah, that was, I mean, entire, yeah, that was a huge part of it for sure. Um, I'm hesitant. I mean, it's it's just like a really complicated, Cuba is like such a complicated, dude, I can't even fucking. Yeah. Like, place and you know being the child of a Cuban um, puts me. I mean, especially with like recent. Um, I mean, people have been talking to me about you know, communism a lot and stuff, and it's interesting. Like reading, like even the sentence I say, like when I tell my mom, like you know. Reading about communism, like what it was meant to be, right? Like the Communist Manifesto, right? On paper, it looks like, oh, it's this like great thing, right? But so far, like all of the examples of that, you know, haven't necessarily been. I mean, there there has not been an example of. What communism is right, and um, I don't think that. I mean, yeah, Castro was not really. I think it's complicated. Um, and there's a lot of. Because uh, I the idea, you can understand why the idea is so compelling. Which right. is kind of like yes. you know, what yeah, I meant originally I was like when I look around this neighborhood, and there's all these huge, beautiful houses. Right. And a lot of them are just like an old, retired couple. Their kids left a long time ago. They're basically living in a house that's like five times the amount of space they actually need. Meanwhile, there's all these migrant families, asylum seeking families at the southern border trying to cross over. My mind instinctively is like, if you have a huge house, you have five times the amount of space you need. Mm-hmm. Why aren't all these people offering part of their house for like a migrant family to 
Because we, you know, it, capitalism and this whole. I mean, like, I know the answer, but it's so. Yeah. Like, this is why, like, the lot. It doesn't surprise me how many people in the world have instinctively gone to the communist idea. Mm-hmm. Because the communist idea, like as stated on paper, like you said the communist idea is that from, is from each according to from each according to his ability to each according to his name. Mm-hmm. There should not be wasted resources. Mm-hmm. Like resources should not be wasted. Right, important. right. Which I'm a hundred percent for. Right, but it's difficult. I guess what I was getting at was it's difficult for me to express that to someone who lived through the aftermath of like the revolution yeah. in Cuba and being like, oh, because like, you know, in their mind, and I think in her, more so like her sister and like my grandmother, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're, they were definitely traumatized, right? And they attached that trauma to, you know, communism. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, I said that one time, like, oh, well, on paper, the idea, right? And, like, my head was chopped off. <laughs> like, I was damn near dead. So, um, but I still have, like, you know, I mean, when different, like, things get brought up, especially when, like, talking about different privileges, you know, and um, explaining to my mom, like, even though, I mean, like, you know, she was able to get gain citizenship here. I mean, she was here for like 20 something years. Um, but, you know, when I explained like, oh, the difference between somebody coming on a plane from Cuba, like in the United States versus people coming over, you know, um, yeah, I, I don't even know, I'm like kind of jumbling all over the place here. But basically what I'm saying is that like I have difficult conversations with you know, my immigrant parents. Mm-hmm. Like I do not feel like we are there in any way absolved from, you know, different skewed ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, white fuckery just like kind of leads itself, itself yeah, yeah, into lot of different yeah <laughs> well and we just like there's this mentality of hoarding like there's so much hoarding of resources mm-hmm. shit like that's what i keep thinking about like with the migrant crisis on the border i just keep thinking like if there was more of if the status quo was sharing and not hoarding, we wouldn't have this problem, right? Like, there's more than enough to go around. You know what I mean? There really is. Like, the problem is that people who have more than they need don't want to share. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. My mom used to always <laughs> joke, like, rich people are rich because they're cheap as fuck. <laughs> well, not in those words. Exactly, but she'd always be like, that's why people stay rich. They're just hella cheap. Yeah. And they don't share. And they, they don't, don't share. share. But, you know, poor people do share. That's, sure. that's why we stay poor, you know, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe we should try to keep it to an hour. 
Should we do a lightning round? Sure. Okay, let's do a lightning round with cards. Alright. I got some cards. Uh, here, pick a card at rhythm. Spring. It was the first day of Spring break, prom, Easter eggs, allergies, What are you what are you supposed to do? Just, like, start talking? About it. Yeah. Well, it was recently spring, like you know, the spring equinox. Yeah. Days ago. Yeah. Um, spring, yeah. Spring break is not this week for me, but next week. Ooh, the city of uh, Miami Beach just declared a state of emergency because there's too Ooh. many fucking people there for spring break and they're all breathing in each other's faces and giving each other COVID. Oh my god. Yeah, I saw a headline for that, but then it closed it last night, so it's kind of like... I'm going to pick one <laughs> Ooh, kissing. Ooh. There's probably um, hell of kissing going on over there. Saying you wish for a jealousy, awkward kiss. I don't know. All I can think of is like my daughter kissed me on the lips when I dropped her off at daycare this morning. It was so cute because <laughs> she keeps her eyes open super wide and she like comes at you like with her mouth and her eyes are open super wide and she's like, <laughs> her kisses are the best. <laughs> Mother Nature. Outside, power outage, camping, in the buff, being eco-conscious. Um, I guess that kind of goes with spring, because I don't know, Mother Nature is blooming everywhere. Yeah. And uh, people keep inviting me camping, but I keep making excuses to go. Yeah, eventually camping. I can't go camping because my husband's scared of mountain lions. But. <laughs> um, tech life. Dude, I'm so not, what, like, okay, finding a weird website, that's a good one. I remember, okay. like, a few years ago when I was living with Calvin and he told me about Rotten.com. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you ever go on there? I did, back in, like, 2003, 4-ish. Right, so, like, sometimes I wonder, like, who was that person? Like, that I person was me. No, no, like, who was that person? Like, me. Like, I was that person who was, like, on the internet looking at time-lapse photos of, like, a corpse like slowly rotting on yep. a slab and like could not peel my eyes away yeah i mean it was me too as a 13 year old for some like, reason what is that no idea also cool. finding a weird website i think you should talk about vampire um, vampirefreaks.com it was um i don't know maybe i don't know my memory of it in 2003 when i had one was uh combo of it was a social media platform slash like but it reminded me of like live journal slash like goth myspace vibes it was the first social media site there for, was a there's probably another one before it too. for goth it's the first one i if it was be, like before friendster then it's the oldest one i know of oh, okay it was just for goths huh. and jeanette was on it <laughs> yep it was called vampire freaks <laughs> okay that's it. You're welcome <laughs> for this short episode. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> Bye.